1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: And I'm not going away with some dirty normal punch. Just spit all over me. Now he spits all over me, I'm going
0: back Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwalls. What well, better way to be introduced? Act only all, dear listeners. Welcome around the globe, around the planet Earth, to Rutsal South End, where the strangest things are being seen. Now, there's there's, a, there's some, the whiff of electronic cigarette smoke in the air, let's put it that way. And there's a prune and something else called Elvis, there's a fish dressed as Elvis, um, parading around the edge of the beach. I really do think we are on substances of some kind here, dear listeners. I've been listening to some psychedelic rock in a car coming down the road. And really, you know, the spirit of San Francisco 67 is in the air. No flowers here, though. Only New Orleans fans, 2,000 New Orleans fans. In Rootsall Stadium for the visit of the Nines to South End. You listen to the Rackdoll New dear listeners, you knew that. You know that I'm Nick Hart. You knew all that stuff. But I better say it, just in case there's anyone out there that don't know what they're listening to. As you can hear, the Lions fans are in full voice. In fact, there's so much peace and love in here, I'm worrying about some um, second-hand smoke and driving the car back home. But anyway, we'll deal with that if the officers of the law pick me up on route. Fantastic tweet from the ever wonderful Stefan Meinerhofer, who speculates that if Lee Gregory's not in the squad today, he's going to be in Bobby Backache's dungeon, handcuffed to the yellowing skeleton of Thierry Racon. Well, wit, I do love old Stefan Meinerhofer's stuff. Love your stuff, Stefan. With incoming. Two teams, Mill in their peach, peaches and cream yellow kit. Southend in blue. A bit, bit rattling so far for Southend this season. They're down in the uh, in the pits of the division. But as everyone knows, with Mill, the form comes out the window when the lights side to the pitch. Fantastic atmosphere as you can hear there, Listener. It's a tight, compact little stadium, so anyone that's been here knows what I mean by that. The, um, the far home end, I guess you call it, the Frank walton end, once upon a time, I, I believe, back in the 70s, if I remember rightly, used to be terracing. Um, it's now like a, a peculiar double-decker stand, seat, seating, obviously, with um, 1980s built Houses behind it, so that sounds about right. I'm sure when I came here once before in the, um, the old third division days to South End, it was terracing down at fall I quite like a stadium it really is full on English football lower league football It's fine. finest don't even knock roots all around me because this is the soul of the game these, these kinds of places are being steadily ripped apart by the likes of the renewal Chris Leans and their Leishon Council collaborators we'll really be talking about that at half time when have had the chance to get my notes out of my back pocket because at the moment I've got no chance to that at a minute whatsoever here comes John March, I'm just trying to see into in today's team I'm T.O. Brian Edder Steve Morrison John Martin Byron, I see I see Wale Aidan O'Brien, have I mentioned him? Shane Ferguson, I haven't mentioned him Marlon, I haven't mentioned him So I'm not sure about Luke Griggs on the bench I haven't had a chance to pick up the team news and I'm recording this on my iPhone so I've not had much chance to do an awful lot of Twittering, what a modern modern dilemma that is, I'm trying to record a podcast whilst view Twitter there's, there's, a, there's a first world problem for you dear listeners it's Doug Hume, Doug Hume's just arrived next to me from one of his corporate bashes, coincidentally in, in South Southend today Doug. Yep, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the source on the, on the company? I only had a couple I'm driving, so. I Only had a couple of kids driving, listeners. If you're anywhere long enough, Doug, you're going to get influenced by the substances that are no, in the air, I it smells it, like woodstock. Yes. No, oh, and some, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worrying about the old secondhand smoke myself. Anyway, Dennis. the game's just kicked off. Southend is taking us in the away end in the first half, dressed in uh, all dark blues, I think I said lines in uh, kind of a shade of yellow away strip. Southend of course managed by ex-premier me, man Phil Brown, whole city manager once upon a time, he of the now nowadays manager in Southend since 2013, I think I read online in the week. Um, rather like um, one of these uh, minor European uh, monarchs, demoted to being a bus driver in post-war Czechoslovakia or uh, Bulgaria or some such. His feet, much on the right-hand side. This looks like Warren far, far away, crossing the box. Full to uh, Shane Williams, bouncing around down at the far end. i look at that to give you an awful lot of in-depth analysis because it's uh, it's quite a long stadium, we're quite low to the pitch here, and the far end looks a long way away from the advantage uh, point that we got here. With Marlon on the right-hand side, he's got Warren overlapping on the right. Warren plays the ball forwards, looking for O'Brien inside the box. He's looked Also shot on goal here from Marlon. Not one 2 it looked like. Like I say, you're not going to get exactly Sky TV level. Analysis today dear listener, money back guarantee on the show if you're less than satisfied. This is Steve Murriton, edge of the penalty area, shot on goal, cross, um, well wide as you can hear by the crowd's reaction, good play start by the Lions, South End obviously coming into today's game Ratley. All well, across the South End box there And three minutes, it's been all bright play by the Lions, his opening um, three a bit minutes so far dear listener. Only just noticed that um, Butcher's playing, Callum Butcher, Number 16 is coming for Ben Thompson um, alongside Shane Williams, Sean Williams. So there we are. That's the level of insight and uh, in-depth analysis you get on this show. This is, we're five minutes into the game. I've just noticed that Callum Butcher's playing. Long, it's going to be a throwing for uh, South End. Five minutes approaches. Long throw into the box. headed over the bar. A looping header right over the bar. No real danger. You'll yeah, get with a South drummer. Two of us on my right in the... Um, by right, the trade car stand whatever it's called no fans suggesting what, the, what might happen to the drum where it might go within the drummer another south end attack there's the uh, 17 a little chance to put a cross in the 90th on the goal 1-0 to south end taken turn inside the box took a uh, mooney took a deflection and a middle net that was a pretty simple goal in all honesty Took him, turned straight in front and the South End fans go straight over to celebrate in front of their fans. Yeah! Floating over his close stewards in front of goal. One nil South End. Seven minutes. Someone gets a run of play, it's got to be said, but that's no consolation, is it, dear now? Well, there we are. That's the proverbial poor start to the game, isn't it? One nil down to um, one of the rockiest teams in the division. Running the first chance of the match. Well, it's going to be a battle of the direct ball today. Let's put it this way. This is from the way South End has died. And obviously Millwall are known to exactly have a renown for their polishing games. Another cross in the box from South end. Runs clear, for Butcher. Wins the ball. And gets the free kick. We can't say it's not end-to-end stuff at the moment. There's a Millwall throw down the other end now. Um, it's certainly uh, helter-skelter to call you another drugs-influenced psychedelia type reference. If I was any kind of psychoanalyst, I would actually want to question some of the Mill fans' obsession with anal sex. some dark desires going on there, I think. Butcher clattered. Wins a free, free kick. about halfway inside the uh, south end half. Just passing the 10-minute mark there. A little run from Callum Butcher. He said in the week, speaking to News at Den, that he wants to be a, a box-to-box midfielder. Um, starting today. He looked good when he came on last week against Coventry and that was a nice little surging run that's drawn a free kick. No one in the Steve Morrison tries to find out. Ferguson overlapping on the left-hand side, ball into the box taken out by a defender there, it's bounced up and high. Looks like a, a, a two-shin. 2 into each other, referee not giving anything there. Clad howling for a penalty. You can hear the howling and then he gives a free kick to South End and a halfway line. And you can get the measure of the middle offence on that little sequence of play. 15 minutes gone. It's not been pretty. It's been pretty ugly so far really. It's been from both sides. Southend obviously leading as the 15th minute passes us. Uh, Millen won't really be happy what they're doing with themselves at the moment. So it's, it's the relentless long ball trying to find Steve Morrison as ever. Uh, otherwise not an awful lot to report from the Millwall perspective. Referee coming for a little bit of um, gen- gentle, gentle joshing I think I call that. Yet another south end free kick, probably about halfway on so the middle half to the uh, right as they attack. Uh, the, the, another ponytailed um, player, a little bit like the bloke that talked to this last week towards the end of the match, with Coventry. There's another ball into the box, that's thickly in the waist. is Steve Morrison on the right as we look. His ball falls, takes a deflection, goes nowhere. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a um, kind of like a El Tango Argentine type look. Um, we are still in the rounds in the lower leagues at the moment. With the lack of ball control and the ball in the air, I don't think Pep Guardiola would have a fit if he came down to Roots Hall. It's not exactly a game for the purists so far. Let's put it that way, dear listener. As we approach the, the, the 19th to 20th minute of the game, there's the Lions on the attack, that's Worrell putting the ball forward. It's, um, it's a game so far of punts, punts forward. If there's any kind of points in football rewarded for, for yards gained by punts, then Mill we'll probably be top of that league. But at the moment, we're losing one knock to South End. I know they call it the beautiful game, dear listeners, but it isn't like the Mona Lisa's had a, a spray can done all over it this game so far. It's been, it's been pretty um, pretty basic stuff, let's just put it that way. As we approach the 20th minute of the game, Lions losing 1-0 at the moment. I was listening to John Belson speaking on the Lions Live show earlier on on the podcast, earlier on today. Like, There's a chest-high challenge by Joe Martin into their wing-over on the right-hand side. So we're talking about Tony Craig, a man who bleeds blue for New wall. Well so do I and so do you dear listeners. We all bleed blue for fucking Millwall, but whether you would be playing for them is quite another matter. That was a full-on challenge by Joe Martin there whilst I make my rather heavy point. He's put the man down. If you're going to do that kind of challenge, make it hurt. He's gone down himself, Joe Martin, he's trying to feign injury rather like um, Bambi's mum wounded in, in the movie. Um referee has the kind of stance of a man about to produce a card. Let's have a, let's have a look see what he does. That's yeah, a yellow card there for Joe Martin. I'm mean, just saying to Doug next to me that that's, some would argue it wasn't high enough a challenge because if you're going to do it, you might as well go for it, mind you. Um, it was in that little mid zone, Doug, wasn't it? Where you neither neither full on assault nor actually a proper tackle, was it? No, it needed to
2: be a bit higher to get him on the chin, I think, and he would have knocked him straight
0: out. As you can hear, there's a decision on the halfway line that the referee has made that, that one might say the Mirror fans disagree with somewhat. Um, the game is a slightly scruffy air, um, a bit like a, a Saturday night in Ilford town centre. There's a lot of milling around, a lot of people getting involved in arguments with each other, and one or two pushes and shoves, um, and somehow maybe a football's falling into the midst of Saturday night, 11 o'clock in Ilford. Here comes Cullen Butcher, down the left. He's got, he's got um, A Blunt. He pulls him out, he knocks it into the box. That's Glance headed away. Marlon Romeo on the right hand side now, just outside the right hand side of Peltier, yeah, he loves the ball into the box. Punched clear, dodgy keeper, punched clear when I would have wanted my kids to have taken it. It's back with Marlon now, on the right byline, touchline. Ball for all one, two. Marlon in the box, it falls to Callum Butcher, what can he do? Shots deflected for a corner, that's what he can do. First world chance, first world purposeful move for the Mayans. If Royal clear. I get behind him, we will go about 28 minutes, what I am estimating. Corner Millwall on the right side, as I look, from the away end, in the heart of the away end. You've got the full atmosphere on this show, listeners. No old waffle about regeneration on this show, it's full on mere Left you have to look at the box, that's cleared, cleared. Here comes South End now, again down the uh, left The side, floating cross here, Marlon does enough, glances to turns the flag, the 17, full of running that 17 for South End, in the next inning, no, I can't see his name. He's been all over the place, he's made him so busy and he's just caused us a lot of trouble, that 17. At 29 minutes gone. We were rather bogged down, we looked a little bit sluggish, we looked a little bit unimaginative. Southend have, have dealt out the lessons that we need to being driven teams back at us. And to be absolutely honest, a little bit more comfortable with the two teams. So one thing uh to Southend as we come towards the third minute of the game, Joe Martin stands his ground, the 1 twists and turns. He's still in the mix there, but he's looked purposeful. And also Bill Brown was saying in the week he was looking for a reaction to this team after some poor performances. Well, Southend fans, well what the fans are seeing, seeing that reaction as ball floating in again. The ball's flying across the middle penalty area. and go abandon. We're second to every ball that's coming clear. And Southend are playing like they've got some um, rocket fuel inside them at the moment. People can scream the ball out of the referee, but really, we're second, the second best at the moment. Second best. Ball be lofted, full by Morrison towards Wally. Ball still bouncing around down the far end. The goalkeeper looks very, very suspect. He's one-handed, punched it kind of away there. I, I would really want him tested. I mean, he's not looked comfortable at all with any cross that's come into him. His, his instinct seems to be to punch rather than to catch. Um, and we just having tested him. We've got to start testing the goalkeeper. He looks very, very dodgy but we'll Steve Morrison. It catches his... Oh no! Ain't no from the Morrison's knocked down! Basically is put in the box, knocked down by Steve Morrison. Ain't no blind to finish from close range. One each. And the very long ball. Shout for the to, to the same long ball, sore, they've been putting us nice to a game. <laughs> and incorrectly, talking to the manager of in the league team, and he didn't know what the team would do without Steve Murrayton. It would almost be lost without his presence in the, in the team. And I, I make him like the greatest of situations in some respects. So, um, injury obviously would be critical to, to Steve Morrison. I think when he goes home tonight, he needs to be put into. One of David Bowie's boxes, you know like in the, the hunger, keep him out of danger, put him upstairs in the loft the inside of, like a, a, I don't know, like a, it's not quite a coffin because you're not dead, but you know what I mean, you know I'm driving, wrap him up in a wall, put him upstairs, he maybe, um, oh what's her face, that French actress, he'll come back to me later downstairs, give him a cup of tea, and keep him alive for the next game, what's her name, go on, go on. Old, old French actress, he'll come back to me later, you know not really give a fuck anyway, do you? Joe Martin, he's strong danger going off. He's just clattered the South End player over there. Um, he must be looking at the second yellow, you know, he's already on one already. I think maybe he's getting a little bit carried away with the whole South End the South End atmosphere today. Uh, Harris needs to get him out of there, I think. Nice well, little sort of run there for a well-wanted pass by Sean Williams, finds Callum Butcher. I've been impressed with Callum Butcher in midfield. I think he's brought some real uh, touch purpose and energy. Uh, uh, to midfield, it gets kicked there to win the free kick on Millwall but I think Callum looks like a, a player who's been a bit of a find for us, I like the look of him so far. Sean Gold, number three, Coker, the bloke with the, the, the ponytail. Sean Gold quite nice, nicely taken in turn but as, as it was uh, Archer was equal to it. Webster classic there by South Empire in the challenge. Referee doesn't make any yellow card there, it helps him up, that's kind of him. Firewall says hello. Hello. <laughs> that was firewall useless. Hello firewall. There's the three from the edge of the penalty Shot is blocked, almost scuffed through. He gets it back again. All that wire. That's going to be a cross. Seventeen. Beautiful save by John Archer. Beautiful volley. Beautiful save. Archer's in the mix. Can't take it. Bubbles, Bubbles clear Butcher it clear. Not going trouble now. Doesn't see the challenge on the middle player in the middle. Why is the button the man looking at? There's Steve Morrison. There's a free kick there. Uh, it's all
1: going.
0: Referee he's losing control of the game. Challenge in the uh, not given. Let's put another body check in the middle against Millwall. It runs wide and he, uh, Morrison gets collected and he gives the second one. Probably because he he didn't give the, the first one correctly will retain possession. This is Ferguson on the left-hand side. It gets cut off from behind, and somehow Southend get the free kick from, from Balkan from behind. How does that work? Where do we get these people from? Where do these referees come from? And don't know what he's doing. Also from the side, I can't see how you can be pulled from behind, and yet somehow the man being the offence gets the free kick. You tell me. There's the half-time break. So I found 1-0-1, what can I tell you about that as a game of football? It reminds me a little bit of the one time I ever went watching banger racing at Crayford Stadium. It was a bit like watching cars crash into each other, splinters of battle and um, no one really obviously winning and no one really obviously losing, but you're just watching a whole stream of cars crash round into each other on a figure of eight course at the old Crayford Stadium. I got bored with that after a few minutes and that's what that game of football was like. It was to skelter it was crashing into each other, uh, one goal each, everyone's using the direct football, everyone's going long, and as a spectacle, I can't say it was the best you'll ever see, but it was certainly adrenaline rush, exciting at times. There we are, one hour and a half time. We we'll back after these messages.
3: Meine Damen
1: und Herren, Achtung, Mühweil.
0: Just talking to Doug. I think that was a very poor half of football, Doug. Overall. I, I, I... I'm struggling with the fact that we're um, we're at the top of the table in South End look at the bottom it's hard to tell a difference between the two teams
2: no, it looks like an end of season dogfight where both teams need to get a point and yeah. that's what they're scrapping out to do it's a uh, new no. no
0: pattern to it it's horrible we've got to have a bit more to our game than just the sheer launching forwards every time I and mean, we should be able to exploit the fact that they, they're using the same tactics but we've got to be able to exploit that against these poorer teams we don't um, we, don't do, we don't hold the ball, do we? No, I think Worrell's neutralised. I think their left-back's playing well. He looks like a good player and we haven't really got any other options other than punt you know, it down the middle, as usual. No. More of the same in the second half, I think. Yeah, I think so. I can't yeah. see it changing. I'm just talking to Firewall, where have just summed up Joe Martin as almost a metaphor for the club itself. He's not very good, but he's got a lot of heart and commitment, Firewall, he? That's about right, that's about <laughs> it. It <laughs> yeah. sums us all up, really. We're not very good, really, are we? But we really, really care about it. There's a bizarre twist of events on the, the centre circle. Is. Uh, I think Southend Social Services have run um, some kind of um, mar- marmalade to attract the, the, the bees have sent out a bunch of cheerleaders um, to do erotic dancing in the centre circle. Or, could be referred to as Essex slags. <laughs> Essex slags. The pounding disco beat is driving me wild, Doug. <laughs> We're just coming in on the um, the Essex Social Services sting operation to try and lure local sex offenders out by, by putting out um, boot, Booty, I think this is called Booty out there Harry isn't it? I, I think it's called Booty, I think, it, <laughs> I think it's called Dangerous, that's what it's called. <laughs> it's Harry Warren, <laughs> how are you mate? Yeah not too bad. What a poor half a football that was. Yeah they're uh, I don't understand South End playing the way they are because apparently my mate comes over he's a season tick older and they've been shit all year. New it's the first time they've turned up. So if that was there,
2: if that was there being good, I don't, I don't know what their bads like. But it must be, must be pretty awful.
0: That little long ball. Um, I'd love to see us just put our foot on the ball and hold it for a moment and pass it. You? You, do you? Do you think that uh, we're missing the energy from Thompson in the middle of the park? Um, I, I like the look of Butcher. I think he's got more to his game than Thompson. But yeah. what he doesn't have is the what we said earlier on the Millwall heart, the uh, he, the battling. The first ten minutes, yeah. I thought I didn't even I didn't even know he was to start with because no. I hadn't seen him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I reckon we're I reckon we're going to take all the points today. I really do. Predicting a win. Fireballs predicting. A win. What about you, Harry You predicting the win, mate? If we score first. <laughs> This is a philosophical <laughs> we, we, we If we score more goals in that position, <laughs> we're likely to win this one. Yeah, yeah we are. That, that, that's a match of the day comment, that is. Um, no, I think, if we're, um, I think if we get the next goal, I think whoever gets the next goals yeah, we'll in the box on. seat. That's, that's it. But uh, now Martin's gone off, I can relax. Yeah, so it, was all right. All right. yeah it was looking very dodgy, him. So that's your first time I met you, Harry. I know well, Skype call I've never met call. Harry before we talk, we talk regularly But I've never met him So it's kind of weird, isn't it? It is a bit weird It is a bit weird But there we are a, I'm, I was more looking out For the hips, the jacket After the comments on Lions yeah, Live no, I can but, say there is no hipster jacket
1: Meine Damen und Herren Achtung
0: Mühweil yeah. Nice to meet you, Harry. And you, Nick. We'll, see, oh, uh, talk you. we'll yeah. get you on the show again soon, mate. No would So would we get, get sanitised? Would we get Premier League? Oh, I don't think so, somehow. We, we'd always retain our hardest of hardcore, wouldn't we? You, also, you couldn't find 60,000 of these people. <laughs> the, best thing that, no, the best thing that could happen to us would be a, uh, a Russian dodging, dodging A Russian Ru- gangster. <laughs> a Russian gangster... <laughs> Who's gonna open all the club shops in Moscow and all all over there? And I'm then I'm struggling with the best thing that could happen part of that sentence. Anyway. <laughs> we'll wait the entrance to the Lions for the second half, dear listeners, after that. Ramble, half-time ramble with Harry Warren and Firewall. Thank you to both for coming on the show. Lions are keeping them waiting. Um, Southend have been on the pitch a couple of minutes now. More have yet to appear. I think there's a bit of psychology going on here. A little bit of mind games. <laughs> Here they come, we're going to get second half, more the same I fear, we shall see, looks like the same eleven, just checking with Doug, I don't think there's any substitutions at half time, I suppose Gregory coming into the game so late in the first half will be the substitution we might make. Is and his line's going to kick off the second half attacking us in the away ends. I've got to say we've struggled with um, what is a fairly basic direct approach this afternoon, it's, it's really had us at sixes and
3: sevens at times in the game so far. Which I would say is surprising given it's the self same tactics that we use, but um, maybe we don't practice to play against it enough. I don't know. Not, not that many teams play. It's a long
0: cross across the face of our goal, headed up and away. South end retaining possession like they did for large chunks of the first half. That's logged back in again. It's going to go for a mil- uh, south end corner. 50 minutes. Logged in again, headed downwards and shouts for a penalty. Two wide, shot from distance. Again, the ball bobbling around in the, in the middle penalty area, not clear adequately. Our defence looks sluggish, sluggish. And that's a silly goal to concede so soon in the second half. 2-1 at South End. Sloppy defending there, sloppy defending. All over the top of Vitaly uh, Craig. There's a mistake waiting to happen, I've heard him described as, and I'm afraid today, being very loud in central defence. South End coming back into a game now, they, they believe again, as is come down the left, it's football first. Across the face of the middle box. Offside, offside. Okay, now. 15 minutes to second half gone, 60 minutes, half an hour to go. 2-1 south end at the moment. And it's got to be said that as, as we speak, hard to see um, much change from the lines from the first half, apart from Gregory coming in for uh, uh, from, from Joe Martin, a bit of a tactical change to accommodate that. We've looked very unimaginative in the whole game. Not that we're ever exactly overflowing with artistic content. Yet another long throw into the mill box from the left hand side that's rolled over. Nowhere near the goal but yet another ball launched into our box. It's been the same relentless bombardment all afternoon. What's that Simpsons game where the, uh, the, the cruel teacher gets them all to play bombardment in the school hall? Bombardment! Bombardment! Do you know the episode I'm talking about? Bombardment! That's what it's been like being a Mill fan. Bombardment! Mill substitution. 62 minutes. Gusha's going out, Ben Thompson's coming in, as predicted by Firewall. In comes Ben, Cullum's gone out again. Expect a bit more vroom um, and verve in the middle of the park now. I don't know how many listeners are familiar with the works of the Italian medieval poet, Dante Alighiero, but this is one of the nine circles of hell, this particular game. I don't know which one it's reserved for. Some circles reserved for the lustful and for the uh, the angry and the and, and the and the hateful, blah, blah, blah. And this one must be reserved, especially for Millwall fans, this ninth or tenth circle of hell that we're in at the moment. 65 minutes gone. The Shrimpers lead the Lions, two to one. Oh, it's bloody awful. Here goes Ben Thompson, making a run down the left-hand side. Fantastic little run here. He's actually come almost um, half the length of the pitch. Well, this one, he can take the ball ball into the box there's no one there over here in front kind of Worrell fantastic one by Ben Thompson Early good applause from the crowd first real chance well, first real sign of life for Moore in the second half if we can class the first half as a write-off, as a that was the first time we've actually looked like a coherent footballing side in the second half it's been pretty awful I've got to be honest lofted in by Worrell into the mix webster held clearly referee gives nothing right in front of us defending had his arms round him that counts for nothing. Ball back into the box. Let's get headed over by Tony from close. Romeo breaking from defence. First time we've seen anything like that. He's clipped as he goes through. Gets the free kick. No yellow card. Oh, there's a yellow card at last. Here's Ferguson. Ball lofted back forwards again towards Webster, who's high, There's um, Harold. Referee doesn't see it. Thompson now plays the ball out wide, wide left. There's Ferguson, further forward. He's been all half, going into the box. Bobbing around, it falls to Marlon Rumble on the right-hand side. What can he do? Ball back into the box. There's going to be no-one there, it's so going to go for a goal kick. And last time to look like a, a little bit more expansive. A little more on the right-hand side. Morrison's got the ball. Falls almost to Sean Williams. Williams goes to the... Uh, the challenge, and the referee gives it the other way. Ball's been down the uh, south end half of the, of the pitch a lot more than it has been the bulk of the game, why it takes us this long to get going. You've you got to answer that question for me, dear mister? Like I don't know. Mill finally looking like they care about the game, starting to win the win the knockdowns, win the second ball. And the south end just starting to um, well, say hang on for a grim death, but they're coming away here, and we can see the free, the free kick, just where we didn't want it, in our own half. Southend having the ball down the middle end for another, yet another long stretch of time. This is the three on the left-hand side, ball into the box. That's tipped over by 3-1, Tipped over by Jordan Archer. on the right-hand side to the seven, who slots home. 3-1, um, that's game over. It's been an absolutely appalling display by Millwall this afternoon. Um, the third goal just confirms one of the worst displays I've seen in a long time. We've looked awful, second best throughout the whole game with no answer to what is, in all honesty, a fairly basic lead one outfit. Um, and we've struggled, we've absolutely struggled. 3 months South Ends. That's one of the poorest performances I've seen in a while though. Absolutely abysmal. Like, this is basically the team that got the result of Bradford and it doesn't look like any of them No, no. It's There's a piece missing from the jigsaw, I don't know what that piece looks like. But certainly we've looked awful this afternoon, that's for sure. it been about two minutes of football we've played and then we've just gone back
2: to hoofing it down the middle again.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying to Doug, um, we got slaughtered down here in the FA Cup a few years ago, 4 nil, four 4-1 four I think. Um, it's not quite on the same scale on that, but it feels a little bit like that kind of um, dead zone of feeling afterwards, you know. Yeah, that was Harris's game as a uh, First a temporary, player, manager a temporary manager, manager before yes, we got yes, well, We got Holloway, yes,
3: wasn't it? Yes. Exactly. So that, that ended
0: well, didn't it? Yeah. In many respects, it's a performance has been in the making for a few home games now. We've not looked great against Bradford at times, yeah. we haven't looked great against Coventry at times. We've, we've lived on our on our, on our our luck a little bit, and today's performance maybe is the logical conclusion of those kinds of performances, I don't know. Certainly there's something not quite right at the moment within the squad it looks like, there, there's no energy out there at all today, and um, something needs sorting at training on Monday morning that's for sure. There it is, that's the final whistle. Awful awful display by Mooroo lacklustre, couldn't care less um, second best second best, all I'm going to say on it Awful show by Millwall. Well, thank you, Firewall. Thanks for coming on the show. Big thank you to Doug here, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Acton Millwall.
3: Tired of having no voice at Millwall? Then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters. The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with the football club, and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit amsgroups.info. That's amsgroups.info. Or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they'll be happy to answer your inquiries
1: this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you at borough.com slash ACAST. That's borough.com slash ACAST. borough.com slash ACAST.
3: Yes, indeed. Sunday morning nightmare. Welcome on the show now to Omar Ronayne. Welcome, Omar.
2: Thanks, everyone, again, Nick. It's been a pleasure as always.
3: Now, the next line in that song, um, which is ancient by your standards. Is that I I woke up with sickle down my trousers and there was a um, I feel like the bloke on the video doing the rounds on the net. I don't know if you've seen him puking up at the um at the away end at Roots Hall yesterday after that dreadful performance. I feel like him this morning. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I was only a few rows behind the poor bloke as well. So I'm um, obviously a few too many beers before the game, yeah. it a little bit. But yeah, it was <laughs> it felt like that this morning, definitely. He's
3: almost a, a living metaphor for the club at the moment after that shocker of performance. It really was dreadful. Um, I'm not sure where we start with it in, in some ways. Um, I mean, Neil Harris, speaking after the game yesterday, um, said, "Worst the effect, we've got to defend better. And I think that's probably a good starting point um, for a game of football generally. I mean, the, the defence, I thought, was woeful yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's really difficult to kind of to pinpoint to start on the point I mean it's where do you begin to kind of analyse that kind of game um, from start to finish we were just poor even going forward I think I agree with the notion obviously we've conceded three goals and we was quite poor in that aspect but obviously even going forward we didn't really put up much of a fight I think at the no. back especially Craig I mean we. I think obviously Craig is this, like a common scapegoat in recent weeks but I thought he was a in yesterday I thought Joe Martin was a bit of a shocker in the first 40 minutes it was all over the
3: pitch, everyone underperforming. Yeah, I mean, Martin, I think, um, got carried away with the occasion because he's back at his old club. I'm guessing he's getting some verbals on, on the left side. Um, he looked like he lost his head. Um, he was carrying a yellow card. He flew into a, an, another challenge, I think, it was just before he got substituted, wasn't it? Um, and for for a player of his maturity, you think you've got to learn to control yourself in... Okay, it's, you know, I know he's back at South End, but it's not exactly, um, it's not the Burn of our Stadium there, is it? I mean, it's Roots Hall and you're going to get a bit of yap, yap, yap. You've got to control yourself in that situation for the team.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's his uh, fifth yellow card of the season as well. And I think he missed the first couple of games of the season. I think it's kind of a joking pattern now. It's like every single game he's there to pick up a yellow card. And I think now five is a suspension. So there'll be some change next game. I don't think he would have started next game anyway, whether he was available for selection or not. But no. yeah, it's obviously it's not helpful having one of your senior players, definitely, as well, considering there's a few younger players in the side. But he's just, he's one of those players that's not really dependable at the minute.
3: No, I mean I, I don't blame. There was an enforced substitution. Obviously, um, Harris had to get him out of the game. Otherwise, we're down to ten men almost certainly with his next madcap challenge. Um, I don't particularly blame him for the um, for the poor performance, Jesse. That was a, that was a team lack, loss of I don't know what you want to call it—spirit or, or belief or words like that. Really, of course, you know, along with the along with the Peterborough game, which I wasn't at, so I'm, I'm speaking only on reports. But I was there yesterday. I mean, that for me was the was the flattest I've seen Millwall since the days of Ian Holloway. Really, we just we had nothing, and I'm told I'm, I don't know if you went to Peterborough, Omer, but it was on a par with that that level of performance up there.
2: Yeah, I was I was at Peterborough
0: unfortunately. For, for <laughs> you're
3: glutton for you, yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean.
2: <laughs> I mean- it's only our second loss of the season, so I don't know how you're meant to look at it. But even since the Peterborough game, I think if you looked at all of our recent results, it's like the Coventry game was—you could say—was quite lucky to get back in the game. I mean, I know we was better in the second half. The same with the Bradford game. It's been a little bit flat recently. There's not been that kind of occasion where you feel like we've got to win a game three or four nil. Not that obviously we're gonna win a game three or four nil every week, but it's, it's not really felt like we've dominated the game in a long while, to be honest. And the first no. game of the season was the benchmark at Oldham. At home to Oldham, and then I think since then we've kind of just kind of flat to the sea. If I'm honest,
3: I mean Southampton came into the game yesterday in, in the relegations, and I can't remember whether they were how many places from the bottom they were. Second from bottom, third from bottom. Mm-hmm. One win, I think, in their in their, their opening um, seven games. So they they came into it. Um, you know the, the script was written that they weren't very good and we were going to pound them but as it was and and the worrying things it, it, you're right it's it's early to call call crisis but um they came into the game hungry with the desire they were the first to the ball over. they were their tackles um were crisper they had they they, they were what I would have expected Millwater to look like given that we base our game on a direct style they they did it better
2: yeah absolutely i think it's it's it was kind of, it felt like to us, there was not a game plan for Mill, so to speak. It was obviously, there is a game plan going into the game, but it felt like the players weren't really committed to what they were doing in the game. They were kind of like running around like headless chickens, to be honest. It was like kind of, can we get a hold in the game? Every time we got the ball, we was punting it forward without any real conviction or direction. It's just, it, South Bend in particular did look like they were after the game more than
3: us. Yeah, I mean, you've you've mentioned Craig, and I I don't want to keep banging on about Craig. I I, I know I do, and I'm about to bang on about Craig now. (laughs) So, (laughs) contradiction in terms. But um, in central defence, Webster doesn't look the player, or he doesn't have the partnership that he had with Beavers last season. And consequently, um, that makes the whole defence look rattly. And I think that you have to keep coming back to, to Tony Craig, unfortunately. We all know he bleeds blue and he's Millwall through and through, blah, blah, blah. But... Um, so do you and me, uh, Omer? We wouldn't put ourselves in the first team, would we? So I, I think it's—I think he's a loose—a loose piece in the middle of the, of the defense, and, and teams suss that out quite quickly and exploit it. Is yeah, it, I mean, I,
2: I have to de- agree with you, to be honest. I mean, it's like it's just shame because obviously I remember Craig from when I was younger, growing up, yeah. and like seeing what he was whole committed, whole high mill. And while he is still that today, it's just he doesn't look quite the player he was once upon a time. I think. It's not necessarily his fault. I mean, would you argue he'd be our first choice going into the season? I think Sean Hutchinson was unlucky to get injured. And maybe if Hutchinson was playing, we might have a different story right now. It's it's hard to say, obviously, without seeing him play too yeah, often. Yeah. Um. But I think it it's a real big struggle. Is, and obviously, when we're seeing goals left, right and centre, you have to find someone to blame. And I feel like personally yesterday, Craig was a bit of a easy target for Southend,
3: like you were saying. Yeah, I mean, teams suss us out. I mean, the South End, um, we take the Mickey out of Phil Brown because he's got this kind of permatan, slightly, um, there's a slight 1980s look about him, isn't there? Um, but he's actually quite a, he's quite a resourceful manager at this level. And I thought he managed us out of that game with a plum, really. I mean, if it's, it was everything that we would look, would look for from our, our team on the pitch and also from the, the game management from the sidelines. I thought we were, we were out. Out fault and out fault, you know the, the two go hand in hand, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's worrying because we we as you say we haven't dominated a team in a while now. The the season so far has been slightly um, you know wishy washy in in some respects, and you wonder what what piece of the jigsaw is missing here. And I can only keep coming back to, I know we bang on about the Wembley and the uh, the captainship and all the rest of it, but the leadership on the pitch. It's not coming from Tony Craig, it's coming from Steve Morrison up front. He's too far down the pitch to really influence events, you know, in, in the heart of, of, of where it should be coming from behind him.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, it's like, it's, it's hard to, I, I don't want to keep jumping on Craig and you're I, mean, I think we're right in saying it, but I feel like yesterday, it's it's more so, it felt like for the first time in a little while, that it, it, like you say about it, it felt like Holloway's days. If it, it literally felt like to me there was no kind of game plan set out for the players and they were kind of all at loose ends. And if that's the case, do you look at Neil Harris to blame at? It's because the style of football we've been playing recently is nothing in particularly or nothing pleasing to watch. And I mean, you have Berylson making comments saying he wants to win fans over, but I don't think you're going to win fans over with the current football we're playing, to be honest.
3: Well, I mean, the direct style, I mean, I'm just looking at my notes I've written down here, it was, it was a duel of the long ball yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, both teams were basically playing the same style. <clears throat> what Southend did was bring the essential in green you're going to play long ball okay fine but that means the midfield have got to be um first to the second knockdowns you know they've it's got to you've got to play to the max they did in all fairness they did their number th- uh, 3 looked like a dangerous player all afternoon and i think it was a 17 would looked dangerous to me every time they got the ball um they looked like they could do something and you can always tell the dangerous players Imer because they're the ones that the crowd get on you know try and dish the abuse out to of course cool. um, uh-
2: I think what also is because like our style of play is to try and obviously get forward to the front men. But also we need to try and use our wingers. And I don't felt like we used our midfield or our, no. our wingers in particular yesterday. David Worrell, I don't think it was his own fault for being having a poor game yesterday. But it was just kind of occasion where we'd give it to the defence and then the defence would punt it forward to Morrison. And then all we was doing was just giving the ball straight back to Southend
3: really. It was kind of... Predictable and boring to watch. I mean, it's it, it's, it's t- the tactical change in force by taking Joe Martin out obviously pushed Ferguson further back than ideally I would like him. He's not. I don't really see him as a left back. I, I see him as a he's a winger, like you just said, and that's where the danger lies. The number of times in that first half, the ball seemed to be pinging around our penalty area, and we didn't seem to be doing the same back to them. It was, you know, I lost count. It was, it it became numbing after a while because it was just like being in a boxing match where um, you just seem to be taking the headshots and, and not being able to hit anything back on them.
2: Yeah, no, of course, and it's like we just, like you say, we couldn't deal with them, and it's, it's confusing. I know it's obviously early days, but this is a team that are short of confidence, so to speak, and they're meant to be in the relegation zone, and we're meant to be the team that are meant to go down and try and earn a victory, like we did a couple of times last season itself. And so, obviously, something was is clearly underlyingly wrong here, and. God knows what is actually at fault. But, I mean, it's it's not good, obviously, going to a team in the relegation zone where only one win so far this season and they score three against you.
3: I, I quite like the look of Butcher um, in midfield. Um, whether Butcher and Thompson might work as a midfield, I mean, I'm sure someone somewhere screaming saying that don't work because of this reason and that reason. Um, Butcher, I, I thought, has something. Um, Williams looked, looked at his sluggish worse yesterday, didn't he? I mean, he, he seemed to be slow. The, the midfield seemed to be losing... every every 50-50 was lost in midfield it seemed to me and and I suppose you've got to look at Williams as the senior partner in, in midfield.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I think I, wasn't, I was quite surprised to see Butcher get handed his debut. I mean, I don't think he's been... I don't think Thompson's been appalling recently, but I was, it was good to see Butcher given a chance, and I don't think he was that bad, like you say, and I think he does definitely have a use to how we want to play this season. Um, I think the game did change slightly when Thompson came on, but I don't, it think, that was, I don't yeah. think that was Butcher's fault, so to speak. I think it was more kind of Thompson, obviously eager to get on the ball and make an impression, obviously, being on the bench. But yeah, I think Williams was kind of a bit flat, to be honest, and obviously if we're going to try and... Dominate itself in midfield. He needs to win those 50-50s and I didn't really see him kind of putting his foot in, to be honest.
3: No, the arrival of Ben clearly changed it, I mean if nothing else Ben brings energy um, and the last half an hour of the game was where we really started to look at our, at our most coherent, throughout. I mean I know we got the equaliser in, in the first half but I, I thought that was slightly against the run of overall play in the first half, I mean the the, the south end goal, the opening goal was well taken, um, nicely finished inside the, the 8 yard box or a, a 6 yard box and then we kind of got ourselves back into it but I, I felt at the end of the first half we didn't really deserve to be um, on, on a par with them. Um, and the second half, of course, we were behind again quite early on as we were in the first half. And I just thought that was a that's a, like a failure of team spirit in a way, isn't it? You've got to come out of the second half with all guns blazing, and we didn't.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can imagine Harry sparking his orders at them at half time saying this is not good enough. And, and within five minutes, you're 2 1 down. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not helpful whatsoever. I mean, where is that at fault? Like I say, it could be team spirit. I think it was just it was sluggish from start to finish, to be honest.
3: I mean, Ben Thompson. He's. I think he was described by Tony Warren last night at his rampaging best. He's always going to be an asset, and we did see him rampaging towards the end of, the, end of the, the, the second half, and that that really put us back into. We have a chance of something. Obviously, the third goal killed it in in the end, but. The referee didn't do us any favours either. I I think there was a couple of decisions where I know we always we we always allege bias against referees, and we see what we see. But there's a couple of um, one penalty shout. I remember was it was it Webster got balked in the in the second half, and we he didn't give a decision there, which was critical as it turned out. I thought.
2: Yeah, I mean, we can't, obviously, it's referees are referees, but they're joyous as ever. But I think, yeah, in the second half in particular, that Webster challenge did stick in the memory. I think we're unlucky not to get a couple of the fair shouts, but it's still always the way. And I think it's it's just, it's difficult to kind of summarise where we should, this game, what actually went wrong. It's, it's
3: really, really difficult to pinpoint it for me. I mean, after the game, I'm just looking at my notes, uh, Neil Harris speaking to John Kelly after the game, admitted um, the Mill side are too easy to score against. That's the direct quote, too easy to score against. And that's true enough. Um, and then I think he was speaking to Dino on on, um, on the radio afterwards, said that we need to show more hunger and more pride, interesting choice of word. in defending our goal. Um, we conceded poor goals as a team. We need to be stronger. I mean, some of those sound a bit Holloway-esque. We need to be stronger. But, um, more pride in defending our goal. Now, that, that, that takes me back to the the issues of spirit, I suppose you want to call it, the, whether that's the right word or not, but there's, there's something missing at the heart of the defence. And, you know, we, we keep coming full circle back to poor old TC, don't we? <laughs>
2: We do, I mean I think Beavers himself we do miss Mark Beavers hugely and I think Bolton would be rubbing their hands together thinking they got him on a free transfer considering we put a bit of money into him and it's it's, it's a void that needs to be filled quite quickly and I think yeah, well, I say, like I said, we was poor going at the fence, but we were equally really poor going forward. And this is what's interesting to me this season in particular, because there's no emergency loan window. There's no Jed Wallace that's going to pop up out of nowhere. No. This, is, uh, this is us between now and Christmas time now. So it's something has got to change. And it's up to, I think, Harris to kind of put it right now and see what he thinks going wrong. And maybe with a few changes to the team. But there is something underlyingly wrong with how we're setting up at the minute.
3: Tony Craig, I mean Mark Litchfield just quotes Tony Craig after the game saying that words were exchanged in the dressing room I mean the problem I think I'm going back to Peterborough here Omar is that um, there was there was a real kind of um, screaming match afterwards, and then Harris was was quoted in the press with uh, saying how one or two players had let him down, and now we've got words being exchanged in the dressing room after that poor show yesterday. Um, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like a domestic argument. You can only say the most extreme things once, so after a while it starts to get boring, and, and we start to hear that words are being exchanged. Okay. There's going to be a reaction, we're told, next week. We, really, we want to action speak louder than words now, don't they? We've got to see something out Absolutely.
2: of this. Absolutely. We've got to see something change quite quickly. And, and obviously, we've got a few big games still to come up. I mean, it's just it's something needs to be done about it. And obviously, words being said, it does make you think, is it one person against another or is it yeah. a few people? Because obviously, we're going back to Wembley when Morrison got the captain band took off him. Is, he, is there a personal rift there? Is it, it's, it's, it's not obviously ideal eight games
3: into the season. I think a football dressing room I've never been in one so i'm I'm speaking from what I read and what I imagine, but a football dressing room in the aftermath of a defeat like that is a quite a raw, honest place in some respects, and there will be honest views exchanged um I can't pick up Steve Morrison on his performance yesterday; cause he did what he what he does the ball's lumped at him, he knocks the ball down. Our equalizer came from one of those, and I think he it wasn't his best game homer, but it was it was a Steve Morrison performance. Um, there's one or two in that team that can't can't really say the same about them their side of it. You know, um, I'm just looking at um, Stew MFC Stew on Twitter. He says it's the usual mule defeat meltdown. We lost to a poor team. Second week running, the opposition have worked out if if they stop Morrison, and our long ball doesn't work. Um, and I think that's the truth of it. We don't have a plan B, do we?
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I was saying about like the likes of Warrell and Ferguson. They were really quiet in the first half. There was it's like. There should be a plan B or there should be another option to us. There should be, okay, we can go direct to the forwards, but we should also be able to play it down the left, down the right. But it just felt like there was no kind of ideal option of doing that. It was just the case of Romeo gets the ball, we punt it to Morrison. Webster gets the ball, puns it to Morrison. It's just a common theme that it's it's too predictable. And obviously, once Morrison's kept quiet, we struggle. And I mean, you can't criticise Morrison. You can't say he was the worst player out there. But if you keep him quiet, then it's really, really difficult for us to kind of break another team down.
3: I think this is a criticism, um, and we might as well make it that yes, I mean Steve Morrison brings so much to our club. Um, we look lost without, him. I think Lee Gregory said that in the week on on the news at Den that um, the club almost is lost without Steve Morrison. So at the moment he's fit. Um, he's thirty three years old, and you know he's no one's um, no one's indestructible. So if what really bothers me is if we lose the likes of Morrison, and we, as we have lost Gregory of late. We're going to be adrift big time, and that that, that that there there is no um that that's it's that depth of management that, that says okay, we can't be so totally dependent on one player. We do need other options. I'm not seeing these, these this this kind of second plan, Omar, That's that's what's bothering me here. I think it's it's a management issue.
2: Agreed. I mean, and what's the interesting thing is, I think Morrison's not started two of the cut games so far this season. No. And the two games I've seen him that he's not played, we've actually played a bit of football, so to speak, and we're passing the ball around because we know there's no target up there. Yeah. And so we do have it within our locker to kind of play that way. And it does make me think, obviously, if the team's going out there to play it to Morrison all the time, obviously they're instructed to by Harris. And, Is that a bit of tactical naivety? Is that something that perhaps needs to be nipped in the bud from the manager at the top? It's it's, it's definitely, it it just feels like too much of a one-dimensional team. And like you're right in saying, if Morrison was injured in the same spell as Gregory was recently, God knows what kind of stage we'd be at at the minute. It's it's really difficult to, I mean, I'm not the huge Morrison fan as some people might be. and I don't hate him either. Morrison has his place in the team and I'm more than happy that Morrison's here and without him we'd be in trouble. But if it's, there is definitely too much of a reliance on a 33-year-old, which shouldn't be the
3: plan going forward for us, I don't think. No, I suppose I'm, what I'm picking up is with, with, with David Ford leaving the dressing room, um, there's now a triangle of three personalities. That's Neil Harris' manager, um, Tony Craig where, with, with his um, depth of Millwall history, and then there's Steve Morrison also now increasing with a depth of Millwall history. And I'm just wondering whether the, um, that triangle is is the source of whatever's not going right at the moment I don't know
2: it's very possible because I think even last week I don't know if it was picked up on but I'm noticing the second half at home to Coventry and it was flat for the first 15 minutes of the second half and then Morrison just decided to start barking at the rest of the youngster players the likes of O'Brien the likes of Thompson and just pretty much getting into them and just saying where's the where's the commitment here and I think Harris even looks over from the touchline in kind of a bit of a shock thinking what's Steve Morrison doing here and I mean you just see Tony Craig sitting there quietly and it's like okay you're the yeah. captain but then Morrison's the one that's barking him to kind of rev him up and as soon as he done that we scored our goal and morrison was played down the right hand side a nice bit of move and then it was a goal so i think it shows like obviously he does care and it's, it's refreshing to see because you don't see it from craig and obviously we know craig cares but it's it's just two different kind of leaders in the team and you kind of question who's the actual leader in the squad
3: absolutely and there i think in in that sentence lies the lies the heart of the problem at the moment um we're told we're going to get a reaction next week's Rochdale next saturday so as ever in football an opportunity to put right what you did bad yesterday so um or last week in this in this case so um we can only um wait with um anticipation i don't know if we're gonna <laughs> anticipation is the right word but we we await with interest to see what we get next saturday oma um Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. At least there was no booing as the team left the pitch yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean. No booze. I've i
3: noticed.
2: Yeah, you can't question that they tried yesterday. I think it was just, uh, there wasn't no case of. It was, it, was, it was very flat. And I just feel like it was more so on a football standpoint that we would not add it today, yesterday, sorry. And it felt like that was the main kind of underlying problem. And hopefully, like you said, next Saturday, another team in the relegation zone, but at home, hopefully we can put on performance that we
3: all want and need absolutely Ian Holloway would have got booed off yesterday if that, if that had been <laughs> there we are leave it there well done thanks for thanks for dragging yourself out and, and <laughs> picking over the bones of that carcass yesterday I really appreciate it mate not a problem thanks
2: for having me on again much appreciated
0: You've been listening to Octune Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.